thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another episode of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac, and today we talk a little Cavs Summer League action as well as the Cavs remaining free agent targets, if there are any at this point. Uh, the Cavs still have a $9.5 million mid-level attacks exception we'll see if they are actually able to use it at this point who knows maybe an impact contributor will come via trade but right now let's focus on the good stuff and that is the Cavs first summer league appearance taking on the Houston Rockets in a highly anticipated debut of picks two and three that is Jalen Green and Evan Mobley now this game outside of those two obviously who stole the show in regards to headlines there was a lot to see from this game as far as performances are concerned you know you had Lamar Stevens who arguably had the best performance for all Cavs you had Isaac Okoro putting on a show you had Fiondu Cavangeli contributing heavily uh, heavily and obviously you had Evan Mobley who much of the attention was put upon in this game so Speaking of Mobley, you know, we, we kind of saw what we all really knew, and that's that Mobley is skilled and he has all of the tools. For him, from in my opinion, it's just totally about putting on weight. Now, Mobley was able to contribute 12 points on 6 of 17 shooting. Those are not good shooting numbers. He shot 35.3% from the field. He didn't take, uh, well, he didn't make any threes. He shot two of those. But to see what you saw out of him in his 27 minutes of action, you know, it was, it was highly encouraging. He showed aggressiveness in his post-ups. You know, he did not back down. He didn't look afraid out there. And he, he, he really showed what he can do. But listed at seven foot, only 215 pounds, you got to wonder how much success is he going to be able to have against some of the NBA's premier in more elite big men, you know, that the Joel Embiid's and the Nikola Jokic's of the world. How is he going to fare against bigger bodied fours and fives? I don't know yet. I know he has the skill. I know he has the finesse to be able to go out there and put on a show. But, you know, it just just as we had all predicted, this guy's just got to put on a little weight. And obviously coming into his rookie season in NBA, this is not going to be a large concern because the Cavs have extended big man Jared Allen to a $100 million extension, as we know by now. So Allen is presumably going to start the season out at the five and probably will continue to stay there as long as this whole experiment with Mobley works out at the four now what makes this so enticing 
is the fact that Cleveland is going to have the opportunity to play Mobley both in a starting spot and off the bench as a five against some of the NBA's second units. Now, I think that that can work, and I I definitely think as Mobley's career, you know, tends to go on, he's probably going to be best suited in that role of five. But again, that's also going to have a lot to do with Jared Allen's progression. You know, we saw some... You know, a, l- a little bit of glimpses of an outside game for Allen. Uh, I-, I definitely think that at age 23, he still has a lot of progress that can be made in his own right. But Mobley, for what it's worth, is going to be able to play him wherever you put him at in regards to that four and five spot, which is a very encouraging for a team that really lacked a true power forward last season outside of Kevin Love, who just cannot stay healthy. You know, more on him a little bit later, but in regards to what we saw from Mobley, you know, we saw the post-ups, we saw glimpses of perimeter game, we saw him being able to step out there and defend guards, which was, you know, a highly touted aspect of his game coming out of USC. There are just, the, the potential for this kid is off the charts, and if he's able to live up to that potential, Cleveland may have just found its franchise building block for years to come. That is no disrespect towards Colin Sexton because as of right now, Colin Sexton is the de facto best player the Cavs have right now. And I still think he has a lot of growth heading his way. I believe that Colin Sexton is going to be an all-star this season in Cleveland representing the Cavaliers in the 2022 all-star game. Or what have you. Now, in regards to the other performances for this game, Lamar Stevens, as I said, arguably had the best outing of all Cavaliers. He poured in 15 points, had nine big rebounds to assist a steal and two blocks. Now, this this guy, this is just the thing that makes me wonder about Stevens because we know what he can do from a defensive standpoint. He's very versatile. He can guard. Uh, I believe, in my opinion, two through four. But what is going to possibly keep Stevens off the court is the lack of a consistent three-point shot. That is the only thing to me that really is going to keep him from what is already a log jam uh, in the front court when you talk about having to play uh, and hand minutes out to both, obviously, uh, Isaac Okoro, um, you talk about Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, who, who all three of your presumed starters, um, you know, Kevin Love, Kevin Love could possibly start this season out as the, uh, the nominal starter at the power forward position, but I don't think he'll end up playing true starters minutes. So that's four players already. You talk about, you know, do it all glue guy in Larry Nance Jr. Who's also, you know, he's got some health issues, but when healthy is still a very, very just highly impactful player on the court especially defensively he can do a lot of different things so that that's five players right there then you talk about the inclusion of uh fiondu cavangeli you talk about dean wade who's going to get his minutes there are just a lot of mouths to feed you know, and I, I, I'm pretty sure that I left, a, you know, a few names off the list there. There are just so many mouths to feed. 
The thing that's going to keep Stevens off the court if he's not able to progress in this department is the lack of a three-point shot that is consistent, that's fallen consistent enough. He took two shots yesterday from that range, and he hit one. Yes, 50% sounds good, but when you're talking about two attempts, it's really not that great. So for Stevens, his path to the court, his way to be able to separate himself from the pack is to be able to hit that shot. So I hope he continues to work on that. I don't foresee him being able to earn many opportunities to, you know, to develop that shot in games that matter just because I just don't see the opportunities there. Uh, on a game-to-game basis but what I will say is this if he is ever able to do that if he is able to combine his defensive versatility with a consistent three-point shot even if it's slightly below league average I would play him because the the ability to defend as well as he does he just plays winning basketball so He's just another one of these guys who plays winning basketball. He's another one of these guys that you want to have on your team. And he's still young. He still has time to develop. I still think that he is going to trend upward in regards to progression. But, you know, it's really it just remains to be seen. Again, it is a, a logjam at those spots right now. So, Stevens, you know, I'm pulling for you. I hope things shake out the right way, but I just don't know right now. Moving on down the line, Isaac Okoro, last year's uh, round one pick, fifth overall, dropped in 17 points. He had uh, three rebounds, two assists, and he looked pretty comfortable playing the role of playmaker for Cavs. The Cavs did not really trot out a true point guard yesterday. You know, there was Broderick Thomas, but we're not going to talk about Broderick Thomas because he did not look good yesterday. So Okoro, you know, he he looked like he's bulked up a bit. You know, we've seen the makings of that from some of the videos and tweets that the the, the Cavs' official Twitter has put out there. But you just don't know until you actually see this guy play. He looks at least, I would say, I don't know, 5 to 10 pounds bigger or at least a little bit more muscular than he was last just last season. And that wasn't too long ago. You saw him take six attempts from deep and he hit two of those good for 33 percent from beyond the arc that's really the one thing in my opinion that you want the biggest thing not the one thing but the biggest thing you want to see from Okoro moving forward is the ability to hit a consistent three-pointer just like Stevens but what separates Stevens uh, what separates Okoro from Stevens is that Okoro has actually shown the ability to play make as well in the month of May Okoro, which is the final season, final month of the season, I believe Okoro put up 16 and a half points. Uh, he didn't shoot too well. I think he was still shooting around 30% from beyond the arc, but he has shown the ability to play make. And I liked what I saw out of him in that regard yesterday. If he is able to continue that progression, and he's not going to get a lot of opportunities starting, you know, to, to, to be a primary ball handler, even secondary uh, ball handler in the starting lineup, he still is adding that element to his game, which is encouraging. If you're playing a Coro uh, some minutes with the second unit, that could prove valuable down the road. You know, the Cavs just brought in Ricky Rubio, so... You know, the addition of Rubio will do dividends in regards to teaching some of these young players about, 
you know, assisting and about being a playmaker, about knowing and seeing opportunities for other players. So I, you know, I just like what I see out of the young man. He still has so much room for growth. And in my opinion, if you all know me, if you've all listened to the podcast in the past, or if you've read any of my articles, you know how high I am on this guy. I think he has the potential to be the possible most improved player next season do i realistically think he has a shot of doing that yes i do i think darius garland's up there too but this is all going to depend upon opportunities for a core to score i don't think that those are going to come you know every day every game out there just because you just picked up mobley who's going to you know takes a lot of those touches obviously colin sexton and Darius Garland are going to get a lot of those touches. There's just not a lot of basketball to go around in that regard. But Okoro showed a lot yesterday. I think that if he continues to uh, put out this type of production during the summer league, it could point towards a possible explosion uh, come the regular season. Outside of those three guys, like I mentioned before, you had Fiondu Cavangele, who didn't put up, you know, he wasn't, he didn't put up gaudy stats. If you're looking at his point production, you're not going to be very pleased. But I implore you to look at what he does in the other areas of the game. He grabbed 13 rebounds yesterday, five of them off the offensive glass, and he was able to block two shots. Now let's first talk about the rebounding. He did something yesterday that reminded me a whole hell of a lot of what Tristan Thompson used to be able to bring to the table, and that is the offensive rebounding now listed at six foot nine both of them have very similar builds i think that um he's obviously kevin gelly is not the type of rebounder that uh, thompson was at least he hasn't shown that just yet against quality and uh, rotation players again we have to remember that this is just summer league but what he was able to do yesterday in regards to rebounding just it gave me hope for a team it doesn't really have a true backup center. I think Kevin Gelly could really slide into that role, you know, especially if the Cavs look to put smaller units out there with Kevin Gelly manning the five. I definitely think that there is uh, room there for him for actual rotation minutes. We'll have to see, you know, if the Cavs bring back Hartenstein or um, or if they decide to go on another route in regards to that, if they play like Love at center sometimes they play Mobley off the bench at center specific moments in which I'm sure they will but I definitely think there's a role there for Calvin Gilliam he's not going to wow you in regards to scoring he's not got a consistent three-point shot uh, as a lot of these young players don't you know he took three attempts yesterday total not just three point but field goal attempts period all three were from three-point range and he hit one now, Kevin Gelly is, you know, on average, I believe somewhere around three, you know, 31.4.5% from beyond the arc. And those, that's just not a high volume shot for him. So his bread and butter is going to have to be as a rim roller and as a rebounder. Now, to the defensive side of the ball, man, you know, he is not Draymond Green. But he did a pretty good impression yesterday, and he was able to block two very good uh, shot attempts yesterday. One was a uh, help up, uh, really help defense from Jalen Hand, who, uh, who who got 
blew by yesterday and Kevin Gailey was able to clean, you know, to, 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 to be the second line of defense uh, when Jalen Green attempts to lay up and Kevin Gailey just flat out went up and blocked it. The second block was a, was a bit more aggressive and that was on a Kenyon Martin dunk attempt, really a poster attempt. <laughs> you know, it, it really could have went sideways really quickly but i admire what fiondu was able to do he went up vertically challenged the shot and blocked the hell out of it it was just it was a highlight play it was a defensive highlight it was one that he can look back on and be proud of because martin is a dunker that 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 kid can dunk so kevin gale on the defensive end can really do a lot i'd like to see him clean up his communication a bit more in that department but the tools for him to be successful in that regard are there. Yes, he's a bit undersized against more traditional fives, but I think if you're going to go with a small ball unit, you could definitely feature him out there as the five. The shot attempts are not going to really be there, but from a defensive standpoint, that's where he can have you know his minutes. Like I said, his bread and butter is going to be as a rim roller and uh, as a rebounder you're probably not going to get much else at least from a regular season standpoint out of that from him if they do actually keep him because i think his contract is non-guaranteed for this year we just don't know he's kind of in the same boat that lamar stevens is outside of those guys you know we can talk about uh broderick thomas i know i said i wouldn't talk about him but you know i was kind of thinking that 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 last remaining roster spot that they have, they could possibly throw at Broderick and convert his deal. But in 22 minutes of action, one in 10 from the field, good for 10%, guys, is not going to cut it. Five points on the day. You know, he did grab nine rebounds, which is nice to see from, you know, from what they have him listed as as a point guard. But he's just... You know, with the addition of Rubio, with Jetty Osmond still on the roster, with Dylan Windler potentially coming back from injury, I just, there's probably no place for Broderick on the team. I'm still a fan of him. I think that he will probably remain a part of the organization, either, you know, still on that two-way deal or otherwise but I don't see a path to regular rotation minutes for him. And that it's a little bit sad, but at the same time, you know, it's just not what the team needs at this point. The team cannot afford to continue to uh, waste valuable rotation minutes trying to develop players who have not showcased an ability to have a consistent shot or a consistent NBA caliber shot. Uh, with that being said, you know, that for me, those were the big takeaways from this game. You know, Jalen Hands, he did come out there and, you know, score 10 points. But it, I definitely don't think he's going to make this roster. He has a he is the longest of long shots at this point to possibly make the roster uh, on the Houston side of things. You know, this is a Cavalier podcast, so I'm not going to give a lot of energy to them. But what I will say is this. Jalen Green came out and proved that he is every bit worth that second overall pick. Scored 23 points yesterday, grabbed five rebounds. He only had two assists, but mm, that's fine. This is Summer League. This is kind of what these guys do. You don't see a lot of assisting in Summer League. You just see guys trying to make a name for themselves. Kenya Martin Jr., uh, that guy, he can play too. You know, he poured in 17 points, grabbed three rebounds. Uh, Josh 
Christopher. He looked pretty good out there. Uh, Singwon, he looked pretty good. I think I just mispronounced his name, but, you know, for what it's worth, he's looking like a steal. Grabbed 15 point, or grabbed 15 rebounds and dropped in 15 points. He is going to be a valuable asset. Houston has a a very good core moving forward. So I like what I've seen out of both teams to this point, but just specifically in regards to the Cavs, I'm really hoping that they carry this momentum, even though it was a loss. I'm hoping they carry this forward momentum into the next matchup in summer league against the Orlando Magic. With that being said, let's talk about some Cavs free agent targets. The first target that I think the Cavs should look at at this point is probably going to be none other than Denzel Valentine. Now, Valentine is still just 27 years old and in his sophomore season did showcase a lot of potential but since has really still continued to have injury issues outside of uh, Denzel Valentine you could possibly look at a player like um, Dante Axum possibly bringing him back I don't know what the Cavs comfort level with doing so would be Axum's still just 26 you know he just he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He just came off the Olympics, and I'm glad to really see him, you know, perform well there. I, I believe Australia won the bronze, which is really great for them. You know, shout out to former Cavalier legend Matthew Delvadova as well. Uh, you could look at potentially throwing some money Dennis Schroeder's way. As um, I'm absolutely positive that Schroeder is probably going to opt not to even consider Cleveland I know as he looks for a big payday but for me in my opinion if you want to institute your value you want to put up some big numbers come to Cleveland come off the bench you could definitely make your make a living there you know stay here for one year impart some wisdom towards the younger players and move on if you so wish J.J. Redick, you know, the the, the flame-throwing 37-year-old shooter would be a pretty good addition for the Cavs, I would say, at this point. I don't know if he would be willing to come to Cleveland, um, you know, for the mid-level exception. But he may not have a choice if he really wants to continue playing ball, so he's an option. You know, then you look into the uh, another tier, and that is to guys like Frank Nilekinta, who cannot shoot a three-ball to save his life, but can... Uh, defend on various positions so he's very versatile in that regard but really can't shoot you just don't know what's going to happen in regards to him you look at a guy like James Ennis III who at 31 would be a pretty good veteran to bring in at the small forward and really let's just put this out there the Cavs we know their biggest need is a sharp shooting wing that is their biggest need at this point we could always use more scoring so that's why I could advocate for a guy like Schroeder, he can come out there and score. But we know that this team really needs a just a shot-making wing, somebody who can go out there and hit a three-ball with consistency, somebody who who can defend as well. We That's what we truly need. But I don't know if we're going to be able to get that. So, you know, like I said, Ennis, he, he's definitely an option out there. Josh Hart, they're not going to be able to get him without surrendering some kind of assets. And I think it would really just cost too much. There's been a ton of trades floated out there, including J.D. Oseman, some second rounders. But in my opinion, any trade, including Josh Hart for J.D. Oseman, essentially is 
a redundant deal because if you really think about it what does Hart really do better than what Jetty would offer you and at the cost of losing valuable draft capital you could look at bringing in a guy like Tyler Johnson 29 years old veteran you know just came off a season with Brooklyn in which he paid played sparingly but again you know does he really solve what the Cavaliers need at this point I'm just going to put this out there. In my opinion, I think that they squandered this opportunity in regards to signing some of the more valuable players that really could help right away. I don't know if that's more so Kobe Altman's fault or if that's just free just not wanting to come to Cleveland. That $9.5 million exception should have been enough to draw somebody by this point. I don't know if they're just kind of waiting it out. I don't know if they're going to bring back Isaiah Hartenstein. I don't know really what the plan is at this point. None of us really do. It's just all speculation. But even if they are unable to bring in a true difference maker in free agency, there is always the rate of a tra- uh, the route of a trade, which as long as it doesn't include um, Colin Sexton or Larry Nance Jr. I'm okay with you know as long as you're not surrendering any other the you know the core five or six players on this team. But even if that isn't the case, if the Cavs just kind of stay the course and go in as is, I don't think it's necessarily the end of the world. I think the addition of Rubio combined with the drafting of Evan Mobley and progression from others is enough to get this team close to the play-in, if not in the play-in uh, territory. The East definitely got a lot better with all the moves that were made uh, around the conference. But I definitely think that this team will be able to compete for a play-in spot regardless of who this team brings into free agency at this point because they're likely not getting a true impact player from day one. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close out today's episode. As always, if you have any inquiries or questions about today's episode, feel free to reach out to me at itscavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And you guys have a good day.